0: Welcome everyone to your number one source for inspiring content for myself and other people who are putting a focus towards optimising their health and maximising their potential. I'll be bringing you education and conversations designed to assist you in taking your physical health, mental health and life as a whole to the next level. I am your host, Lewis Pierce, and this is The Priority Health Show. <laughs> Stephanie,
1: yes, thank hello. You. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's beautiful and sunny here down in Devon, but it's hot over there, isn't it?
0: Um, it's been a bit chilly today. It's been quite windy. Yesterday was yesterday was pretty hot. So there was no wind at all, but today it was a bit. Um, yeah, it was a bit chilly, like. But I wouldn't say it was cold, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, not like the north of England or Scotland or Alaska even. I've got some I've got a lady I work with and she's in Alaska and I can never talk about the weather with her because it's like whatever I say, she's like, Stephanie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Just rub it in. It's it's snowing here.
1: Yes, it's been snowing for ages. There's only five hours of daylight. Stop talking about <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic. So Stephanie, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your your schedule to hop on here and have a quick chat with me and share some share some of your expertise with the girls in the program.
1: Thank you, pleasure.
0: So, for those of you watching, I'll give you a brief over- overview of what Stephanie does, and then Stephanie, you can give us a little bit more of an in depth history of your expertise and your journey so far. So, Stephanie, you're an, you're an addiction and a habit specialist, focusing on the alcohol and the cocaine side of things. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you help people change their lives.
1: Okay, so for about 15 years now, I've been working within addictions and habit in lots and lots of different ways. Um, so I've pretty much done every job in the addictions field and health services around that, um, from sort of children's worker and family worker to team leader and service manager and consultant for the government. And now I work privately, work for myself, um, mostly because it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go and I'm really passionate about supporting people to live happy healthy lives probably quite similar to you, but we come at it from a different angle um, and also what I was seeing was, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to a 12-step meeting or they don't want to tell their doctor and particularly professional women I find that I work with a lot of professional women and if they're drinking a little bit too much or maybe they just don't like the hangovers or maybe they want to lose weight the last thing they want to do is tell their doctor that and they definitely don't want to walk into a 12-step meeting Um, so yeah I do quite a lot of work around women and alcohol I mean I do work with some men and I do work with people who are using other drugs essentially to work with them to either reduce take a break or stop drinking whatever they want to do and it's always varied if somebody needs to stop I'll tell them and I do that in lots of different ways with an online coaching program and live coaching groups but also one-to-one so there's lots of different options essentially the goal is for people to be living the life that they want to live on their terms whatever that looks like that you know even though I'm talking about alcohol it, usually, the goal is always the same for someone. It's that they just want to be happy and they just want to live their life and feel
0: good about it. Hundred percent. So, what would you say that is the is the the biggest reason that people have these addictions and these bad habits that they that they rely on? What do you think is the the main the foundation of all those habits being built?
1: Wow, big question. Okay, so I think there's lots of different reasons, but essentially, I'm gonna I'm oversimplifying it almost by saying this. But human beings, since the beginning of time, have used substances in lots of different ways. You know, so we've always done that. We always will. You know, we we like pleasure, and a long, long time ago, obviously, that would have been about ritual and medicine and stuff like that. And we live in a very different world now. And what's really interesting, particularly with alcohol, so when you put alcohol Mm. in the context of other drugs, alcohol is our most harmful substance, yet it's legal. So, and it's also got all this lovely advertising with it as well. And it, you can't, you don't really know, unless you seek out the right information, you don't really know what the problem is with alcohol, you know, in terms of empty calories and that actually it's highly addictive and hugely habit forming. Um, It's gonna impact on your mental health and all that type of stuff. I'm not the fun police, by the way, if anybody's listening (laughs) to me before. (laughs) Sometimes when I start going on about alcohol, people are like, oh God, but it's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not the fun police. And I do actually teach people how to have an occasional drink um, if that works for them. So there's lots of different reasons why people drink. I mean, there's a small number of people that will have experienced some sort of trauma. And usually what you'll see in the media, and there's a lot of stuff where it says most people that are struggling with an addiction will have some sort of trauma in their life. That's not true, actually. It's only a small number where the trauma is the case. And just because you've had a trauma it doesn't mean that you will have an addiction either, you know. So I, don't, I really don't like any of these generalizations. The same with if your parents were using that means you will use. That's not the case either. Um, there's the stuff around habit that it's really simple, that it's just part of our culture, part of our lifestyle. So I work with lots of people where literally it's just crept up on them. You know, and they're horrified about it. They're like, oh, I'm drinking a bottle of wine a day. I don't know what's wrong with me. You know, am I an addict? So I'm like, no, no, it's OK. <laughs> like a lot of people do that. And it's really easy to get into that situation. And then we get the people where maybe you were a normal social drinker and then stuff just happens. Life happens, you know, divorce, death, um you know you're made redundant there's financial issues you know these sort of life events that happen and then we just find ourselves drinking a little bit more and that i suppose that's the same it would be the same for any crutch isn't it alcohol food anything like that
0: yeah definitely so for someone that's maybe you know built these habits you know without even realizing like when it comes to putting away or well, one day you look at the mirror and you're like holy crap i've packed on 20 pounds how does this even happen and it's like oh all of a sudden i'm drinking a bottle of whiskey a night or what have you for someone that wants to change that whether it's you know they're addicted to chocolate or whether it's something you know more hardcore what would you say is the step-by-step process that someone should go down to kind of take control of that crutch so that rather than it controls them they control that substance and how much they use it if that makes sense
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if you're drinking quite a lot of alcohol, there's a very different answer to that one, because if you're drinking sort of a bottle Mm. of whiskey a day or even two bottles of wine a day, there's a risk that you have a physical addiction to alcohol. So the first step there is around working with somebody to reduce you slowly um, because there's a risk around withdrawal. So that's, you know, that depends on what you're using how you're using it but if actually it's like a bottle of wine a day or maybe three or four times a week or actually you're binging on chocolate or takeaways or stuff the first bit is awareness you know being honest with yourself what are you doing that's the first thing and then looking at why you want to change and then what are the pros and cons of changing so it's really sort of like early stuff around change so first of all you know you sort of (laughs) realize that what you're doing is causing the problem. So one of my favorite conversations with people particularly around weight loss is something that's really common that happens in my world is people start drinking, but then they start eating loads of rubbish because it's the same thing. It's that pleasure. You know, they've just swapped the habit. So they're not doing the work. They've stopped drinking, but they've just swapped the habit with food. Um, So you sort of have, they're saying they want to lose weight and you're like, okay, so what are you doing about it? And they're not exercising and they're eating loads of rubbish and you're like, seriously, you're not going to lose weight if you're doing that. So it's that sort of like being honest with yourself about what you're doing. Definitely pros and cons. And then why do you want to change? And then essentially it's about looking at your routine. You know, what are you doing? When are you doing it? And why do you do it? What do you get from it? So we talk about people, places times of day feelings so usually what happens is people have got a habit around it and they've got a time of day so whether it's that three o'clock slump where you eat a piece of cake or whether it's the you know you've had a stressful day at work and then you have the bottle of wine it's that there's a habit ingrained habit in there that you need to unpick it's almost like I explain it like tipping up loads of lego and seeing where it falls you know literally just mix up as much of your habits And what you have to do is you have to put new good stuff in. So it's really hard to focus on not doing what you don't want to do. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Like if you you're like, I don't know if you have these sort of issues around chocolate and cake, but if you're ever thinking about, I'm not going to eat chocolate for the week. Well, actually, you're thinking about chocolate by thinking I'm not going to eat chocolate. So it's easier to think about eating vegetables and drinking water and doing exercise and changing your routine than it is to focus on what you can't do so we always look at what people's routine is what their pattern is and putting good stuff in but the other part of that is what are they getting from it so if you're going to take something away then they're going to miss that so usually it's about pleasure and treat and reward and stuff like that but so it's so usually if say we take the alcohol away or whatever it is the chocolate and then somebody might say to me Oh god, but my life's boring now or how will I cope without alcohol? You know, it's those sort of you're like, "Really? Seriously?" <laughs> you know, if if that's the only thing that's giving you pleasure or keeping you going, we really need to look at how you're living your life, you know? So it's that what's the positive intention of the behavior? And sometimes it's escapism, excitement, comfort. You know, it's usually it's usually replacing something because eating crap food sorry I've got a bit of potty mouth you might have to tell me if I start swearing Um, okay that's (laughs) That's good sometimes people don't like it do they which is fine so you know there's a positive intention isn't there so it's trying to figure out what you get from it and also like humans we're lazy we want to do the quickest thing to get us the best result so pouring a glass of wine or pushing the cake in our mouth is really easy isn't it so when we stop doing that if we're honest about what it gives us then we have to find something else to put in but it has to be something quick and accessible because if it's too difficult people won't do it yeah oh, i went off on a bit of a rant then That was quite a lot of information
0: <laughs> that's right. i was paying attention i've got a, a yes. few notes to summarize what you said yeah. Um, yeah so it's about looking at where the trigger is to so look at your routine and look at when these habits are being you know conducted and then looking at what you're trying to actually achieve from those habits what's the positive outcome you want and then finding a quick and simple way of swapping or not swapping but changing that habit for something else that provides the same outcome right yes yeah
1: so for instance when I stopped drinking and I wasn't really aware of this because it was like 15 years ago and I was right at the beginning of doing all my training and all my experience so When I first stopped drinking, I had to think about why did I drink and what did it give me? And I was really honest with myself about whether it was escapism and it was excitement. So then I had to think about, well, how else am I going to get escapism? You know, how else am I going to get excitement? And I had to build that into my routine. And because I did that, I mean, I did lots of other work as well. I eliminated triggers and stuff like that. But because I did that, then it was so much easier for me because I didn't, feel like I was missing out so this is one of the other things that sometimes I get people come to me like they've done six months alcohol free and they'll be like oh god my life's boring and I feel like I'm missing out and you're like right okay you're definitely not doing it right we need to do something about that you know the last thing you want is somebody to start drinking again because they feel like that's their only option so yeah it's how you what if you take the alcohol and the sugary food what is it you're going to miss and then,
0: how else can you get that? Okay, okay, cool. So, what role do you think changing your environment plays in changing habits?
1: Huge. So, people, places, times of day, and emotions, and it will be different things for different people, and it'll even be different things given whatever the substance is. So, yeah. environment oh. is really interesting. So, what some what's happening now is. Because in different countries, we've got lots of change going on. So that's environmental and situational. We've got people who've historically had a problem with drinking who are finding that actually it's not an issue because so much has changed in their life really quickly. You know, like so much about their environment. They're not going to the pub after work. They're not socialising with the same people. They've got more important things to think about. So all these things play a really big part yeah environment's
0: quite big yeah i think that's what people need to be aware of at the moment with the whole COVID 19 and, and your life change is when it's normally very difficult to change a habit now it's probably easier than ever because you've got you're starting from scratch with your life basically so you've, the ladies watching we've got quite a few watching at the moment you've got to be really aware of what routines and habits you're now implementing by accident because further down the line, like 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 you already said, you, you know, six months from now, you, that habit could be like a snowball effect, and it could be ten times worse. And it all could start from this, you know, situation yeah. and environmental change that's been pressed upon us. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. We've got a few people watching. We've got Michelle, Tamsin, Jennifer. Have you got any questions, ladies, um, about any particular habits that maybe you have that you want help or a bit of guidance in adjusting? Stick him in the comments. Tamsin's said that we're used to Lewis's potty math, so yeah.
1: <laughs> I saw that. That's good. I'll, I'll be comfortable then. That's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm not that bad. I've dropped the C word maybe once, so it's not that
1: wow. bad. I don't, I don't think know. I've
0: ever dropped the C word in a public interview. Oh, i am done an interview. I do it when I do like live training and stuff, but never, <laughs> never on, especially <laughs> if I'm being interviewed by somebody else. Well, I won't do it tomorrow. <laughs>
1: I don't think I might. My ladies might. But I would not mind. I do like the nonchalant dropping of a of a c word that does crack me up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wicked. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about self sabotage because that is something that I probably see most, or, or probably most often. But then the girls that come into the program, you know, we start implementing habits, new routines, lifestyle changes, exercise, all the stuff that you know they should be implementing in a set structure kind of plug and play, been tried and tested, but they still go around that cycle of self-sabotage. Could you maybe give us a little bit of an insight into what self-sabotage is, why it happens and how to maybe minimize it?
1: Okay. So yeah, that's another big question. All these big questions today. Um, (laughs) So self-sabotage is very individual and it's like one of these little things that gets bandied about. And I get people say to me, oh, I'm I'm doing self-sabotage. I'm like, okay, explain you know go into detail a little bit more about that so it's sort of unpicking the process of what's actually happening so if somebody can do like a few weeks without alcohol or eating really healthy and then they have a drink or they have a cake binge or whatever or a takeaway binge and then they call it self-sabotage what I'd be doing is is thinking okay so tell me what happened in the lead up to that you know what was going on so what was going on around people places times and Feelings, you know, so it's sort of really unpicking that and seeing usually you can figure out where Mm -hmm. the trigger was. Now, sometimes there's stuff around self-worth and self-care. Definitely. Um, Quite often, there's stuff around tiredness. Tiredness is huge. So people do really well and can do really well most of the time. And tiredness is something that trips people up quite a lot. I'm sure you tackle that, you know, because that's that whole balance thing, isn't it? Of like, it's about being super aware. So one of the things that I teach when I'm working with people when they're first not thinking actually going on and learning about your emotions and your internal dialogue. So you can be super present, essentially, because when we do that, we're on autopilot, aren't we? So we're not paying attention. Whereas if we are paying attention and we're being mindful, I hate, I hate using those words buzzwords because being mindful is just you know a a new word for actually just being present (laughs) which is talking about (laughs) yeah yeah paying attention (laughs) we've been talking about that for a long time since the beginning of time um so yeah if you're being aware and like you're looking after yourself and you're you know you're doing the work then these things tend not to happen so that's where the learning comes in is around self awareness unless there is some self worth stuff that's really going on underneath really um so it can be a mixture of a few things
0: yeah so it's safe to say that self sabotage is a habit on a on a larger scale with a more negative Im- outcome from the habit essentially yeah suppressed and not been like you said it's not they're not learned what the triggers are and all that stuff and they've just kind of suppressed it and all of a sudden this big green monsters come out of them and they've gone off the off the wagon
1: yeah I mean that that's like a really simplified version of it definitely it'd be like that for most people so for instance when I first stopped drinking like 10 days in I had a massive relapse well I'd stopped I was determined to stop all my reasons were there you know I'd linked in with somebody, I was doing some work on it. I had no intention of drinking whatsoever. It's just that I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't thinking, and I ended up ended up doing the same thing that I'd always done, hanging out with the same people, going to the same place. I wasn't thinking. So that was part of my learning was okay, so afterwards it's like, well what happened there? I really didn't want to do that. You know, and it's like well, well if you go and hang out with that person at this point in your journey, then yeah, you're probably kind of drink you know if you go to that place you're probably going to drink you know so it was that sort of like oh okay I'm not really looking after myself you know it's that um if you really don't want to eat cake why are you in the cake shop you know it's when people tell me that they've bought alcohol and they've got alcohol in the house and they don't want to drink and it's really important and so I'm like why have you got alcohol in the house then you don't need it in there so it's like these we technically they're called seemingly irrelevant decisions but I'm not sure how I feel about that because I think actually there's some sort of level where we do want to you know I think I think yeah. it's hard to be aware all the time and I think as human beings we like to take time out and there's nothing wrong with that but it's how we learn to take time out in a way that doesn't damage our health or damage our lives is really important.
0: Yeah I've seen it a few times with I've worked with people and they're like oh I can't stop eating biscuits I'm like well then don't buy the bloody biscuits (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) yeah it's really simple that's where it starts absolutely and it's like you know if I find myself stood in the chocolate aisle in Sainsbury's which I won't be doing at the moment but you know in normal life before pre this I could find myself in the chocolate aisle, and I'm looking at the chocolate and thinking about what chocolate I'm going to eat and I have to stop and just say to myself What are you doing? Because if you buy this chocolate, you're going to eat it all before you even get home. and You're going to feel sick. Do you actually want to do that? No. And then I physically move away from the chocolate aisle. Do you know what I mean? So it's that being present, being aware, making good decisions right from the beginning. Also, if you do. Then give yourself a hard time and just get back on track as soon as possible, as long as it's not life threatening. Do you know what I mean? It's when when I work with people, and like somebody says to me, Oh, I had a glass, but they've done 30 days alcohol free. They feel great. They're doing the work. And um, they say, Oh, I had a glass of wine on Saturday night. I'm like, Yeah. Like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm like, Why? Oh, because I didn't want to. And I've broken my 30 days. I'm like, So what? Did anyone die? No. <laughs> didn't get arrested? No. Okay, great. What did you learn from it? I didn't really like it oh, okay brilliant so can we move on from that you know it's that don't give yourself a hard time type of thing learn from it move on do it less isn't
0: it yeah cause a lot of the time people have these habits of drinking and eating because they feel bad if you're then going to make yourself feel bad for doing it then you're going to do it again I know. <laughs> just give yourself a break man
1: Yeah, totally. That's a really common theme as well. People are really giving themselves a hard time sort of with the uh, internal dialogue. And that comes back to the stuff about being present and looking after yourself and just really paying attention to your process and what's going on. Because what you think impacts on how you feel. So if you're being really negative and down on yourself all the time, you're not going to feel very nice. So, of course, you're going to want to eat the chocolate bar or eat the cake or drink the wine because that feels nice and you're going to get that dopamine hit you know that's human behavior so if you can learn how to you know ignore change distract you know with your thoughts so that actually you're doing an activity or doing something that clears your head and you feel nice then that's a lot better than eating the biscuits and drinking the wine if you can learn how to do that for yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. I tell it to the girls all the time. You know, if you're thinking about how someone's frustrated you and annoyed you, you're going to feel in a negative state. And then that's the trigger, then. And then the habit comes around. If yeah. you can int- find some kind of pattern interrupt where you think, hang on a second, is it, am I choosing to be annoyed by them? And then just shift your focus elsewhere. Oh, trigger's gone. Or go and yeah. do a workout or something that's going to take your mind, get out your head a little bit, where you stop focusing on how much Sally yeah. in the office in a dickhead. Yes. <laughs>
1: not sally again <laughs> she's always causing trouble <laughs>
0: we've got a few questions here so um first one from prissy how do you identify a bad habit if it's ingrained
1: ah well then that's about if it's a problem for you so quite often i get people talk to me you know and i'm out and about if people ask me what I do, they'll then start talking about their own drinking. Um, and then people will say to me, what do you think? Do you think that's a problem? And I'll say, well, is it a problem for you? Unless they're telling me that they're drinking quite a lot. And then I'll be like, actually, that probably is at some point, if you're not having any impact, it will be a problem, you know, for your health or emotional health. So it really is about, is it a problem for you? So for instance, you know, if, you had a problem with lack of energy, and you went to see a nutritionist. They're probably going to look at your diet, and if you're eating loads of sugar, they're probably going to tell you to stop eating sugar, and they're going to ask you to start eating protein and vegetables. You know, it's really that simple sort of stuff, isn't it? So it's mm. looking at your life and thinking, "Am I happy? Do I, am I fulfilled? Is it good?" You know, it's that type of stuff, really. So it's more about, "Is it a problem for you?"
0: Yeah. So are you? Are you doing something that's making you feel bad? And if you're questioning yeah. that, chances are probably yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if you're not sure if it's alcohol or drug related, then just ask me. I'm always happy to answer questions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Pretty. If that answers your question, let us know. Um, if if it doesn't, ask us another one. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one we've got is from Nikki. Is there a best way to combat comfort eating, turning to bin food when you're stressed or upset?
1: Yeah, so that's a classic example of that being present, isn't it? So it's noticing how you feel. So if you've got a pattern of always eating, you know, things that you don't want to eat when you feel a certain way, then it's learning how to notice when you feel like that. And then it's how you can do something different to alleviate that feeling. So what you're doing essentially is what Lewis was saying before, is you're choosing to use something to change how you feel. Um, when actually there are different activities you can do that would change how you feel and get you out of your head. So it can be as simple as changing your thinking. Um, It can be as simple as doing a meditation or going for a run or doing some exercise. So it's noticing the feeling, you don't like that feeling, knowing that you have a choice about whether you stay there or not, and then actually you can do something about it it doesn't have to be food or alcohol. Like I said before, like they're really, humans are lazy, they're really quick accessible ones. So it's how you build up your quick accessible resources like go for a run. So for instance, when I first stopped for about the first six or seven years, this sounds a bit extreme, but it was like this, I had a really difficult time, like there was lots of things going on in my personal life that were really difficult. So I was experiencing a lot of negative emotions around stress and fear and anxiety and a lot of it I wasn't able to do anything about it was about other people around me you know my son and my ex-husband and financial stuff and things like that and I was changing the things I could change and then learning how to let go of the things I couldn't change but then also learning how to manage my emotions so I could have chosen to have stayed in stress anxiety and fear obviously we all know that's not good for us and I had to learn how to let go of and manage those emotions in a different way and for me it was music and running and sport and the gym and dancing and that's the action bit so it's easier to do an action than to think yourself out of thinking if that makes sense
0: yeah, so it comes back to that, being being self-aware of, of what's going on and why you're feeling like you are, shifting your focus, your thoughts, what have you, somewhere else, you know, getting out of your head by doing whatever it is that you need to do to stop worrying about the bad shit that you're thinking about. And then yeah. introduce that good, easy, quick um, action that makes you feel how you would like to feel with the binging or what have you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it really is that simple. Um, a lot of this stuff is about taking action, it rather than thinking about it or over analysing. That's where people get stuck. Like they overthink it when actually it's really simple, and it's about taking an action that's good for you. And a really good one, particularly around sort of difficult emotions, is leave it, change it, accept it. So, um, say for instance, it's about a job, and you have a stressful job do you want to leave the job or, or can you leave the job? or well, yeah, you can, but do you want to probably not, you know, but, you know, so there is a choice there and then the change it bit is what can you change about it? Is there anything that you can change? And if you can't leave it and there's nothing that you can change, then can you accept it, which then means that you let it go and move on. So it's sort of a, a nice little questioning process that can enable you to let go of some quite difficult
0: emotions. Yeah i think a lot of it is is not looking at the the situation from perspective it's just you focusing on one tiny little tiny little area panicking getting overwhelmed with it and thinking oh my world's collapsing when really if you take a step back it's like cool well you you're getting stressed all the time yeah you, you're, you're supping your face with chocolate every night because you're stressed out leave your job because it clearly isn't serving you just leave it yeah
1: yeah absolutely yeah life's too short isn't it so that I mean that comes back to awareness doesn't it how do I feel why do I feel like this what can I do about it and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned sort of when I was doing my training years ago and throughout my own process was learning that I had a response ability. so I could choose to be in stress fear and anxiety or I could choose to be at peace or be happy or you know and that I it was me that
0: facilitated that and learned how mm-hmm. to do it. Okay, cool. So, to sum up the answer for Nikki, it's um, telling to binge food when you're stressed or upset. F- look at what's upsetting you, stressing you out. Look at trying to shift focus or maybe removing the trigger altogether if you can. And then replacing that binging with something that's easily accessible, going for a walk, what have you. Maybe choosing a slightly better option in regards to food than what you're binging on, binging on something better than what. You- Potentially, you know, whatever chocolate. Rather than binge on chocolate, binge on salad.
1: Yeah, great carrots. Cut some carrots up. I mean, what's really interesting about the food one, and I'm sure you you talk about this, is you know, is that learning how to be aware about am I hungry? You know, that's mm. like why am I eating? What's it giving me? And that's really interesting, isn't it? What why am I doing this? Okay, what can I do about that? Isn't it? Which comes back to the awareness thing.
0: Yeah, I was really actually, I'm reading a book by Tony Robbins at the moment called Awaken the Giant Within. And I was actually reading a bit this morning about metaphors where he says, how you describe your body is how you treat it. And if you describe yourself as a big fat mess, you're going to stuff mm-hmm. your face with food because you're a big fat mess. Whereas if, if you call yourself, you know, your body a temple, you automatically are going to behave differently just because of the opinion that you have in yourself. So just maybe think about how you actually want to feel. And then yeah. Behave like that.
1: Yeah, totally. I really like that because I talk about the human body being a machine. That's the metaphor I use, you know, And that so much of it is unconscious and it's how we look after our machine. So it's that sort of analogy of like how you look after a car and putting the right fuel in that type of stuff. Yeah,
0: Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Nikki, hopefully that's answered your question. Let us know if it has. Uh, One last one here from Tamsin. My internal dialogue can sabotage my actions and intentions for definite. Yeah. How, would you, how would you deal that's, with the internal dialogue?
1: That's massive. I reckon 70% of my work is loud, naughty internal dialogues. <laughs> so there's lots of things you can do here to help yourself. One of the, one of the first things I sort of explain about our internal dialogue is... Um, you are not your thoughts and your thoughts are not instructions that's the first bit so like I was saying before you know our body is a machine you know your heart is pumping your blood around your body your lungs are breathing you know your eyes are seeing all these things are happening unconsciously and our thoughts are the same they're no different so our thoughts are just part of this amazing machine that we have and it's just a, a stream of random thoughts I don't know if if anybody's ever listened in, but most of it isn't helpful and it isn't fact. So then it's like, why are you listening to them if they're not helpful and they're not fact? So that's the first thing is if you can sort of understand that actually you are not your thoughts and they're not instructions. There's a few things that you can do. So a lovely little NLP technique is sort of visualizing a control center in your brain where you actually turn the dials and turn the sound down which can help you to sort of reduce the sound. It works for some people, which is really good. Another one um, which is good is if your voice is loud and actually it's something about the voice that isn't very nice. If you change the voice to something like Donald Duck, it automatically changes the power of the internal dialogue, which is actually really interesting If you do that. Most people that I do that with then just start laughing because they're like, it just it, it'll be saying the same words but it just makes you laugh so it changes how the voice feels for you um but essentially it's about learning how to distract and ignore the voice um but if that's a problem I, I do do lots of work around internal dialogue in the work that you do
0: um well the way I kind of coach them in regards to mindset is every morning I do like a five minute live and I cover kind of what I've been studying at the time because I can't First of all, it's kind of a bit selfish for me because that's how I kind of learn is by teaching, but at the same time, it shares what, what, you know, the sort of stuff with them. So, yeah, a little bit goes on from that sort of thing. But then I do do one to one consultations with, with them as well. Where we do, if they're having particular issues, we talk a little bit more about it, but nothing massively in depth about it. No.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would recommend if that if you pinpointed it so that's the one thing that's stopping you, is that you go and find a coach that specializes in internal dialogue, and you know, to be honest with you, you don't need need more than one or two sessions because I could literally do a twenty minute video and give you all my best internal dialogue tips, you know, so it doesn't need to cost a fortune. Um, because essentially you need to, again, it comes back to taking action. You just make this long list of different things you do and you just keep doing them until you find the things that work. And you can do it because I my internal dialogue was really loud and really negative. And I couldn't even tell you where it is now. I'm sure it's there, but I don't pay attention and it's not a problem at all.
0: Yeah, you're just going to kind of be aware, <laughs> again, yeah. to that awareness of being yeah. aware of how you're talking to yourself and it's just you're in the habit of either listening to it or in the habit of suppressing it. And I think it is about being aware of that in a bitch voice coming up, you then choosing to focus elsewhere, repeatedly repeating that process of in a bitch voice comes in, blah, 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 I then shift my focus. And then eventually that cognitive habit becomes permanent. That's probably the long and short of it, isn't it?
1: absolutely i mean this is about practicing good habits it's like these things don't happen overnight you know so it's like if turning the sound down works and you do that every time if distracting yourself works you do that you know if you notice that if learning how to notice the thought and going is it helpful is it factual and letting it go putting in a balloon works you do it all the time another great analogy is um like backseat drivers think of your thoughts as backseat drivers because actually when you're in a car and you're driving and they're telling you what to do you, you literally turn around and you go for god's sake shut up you don't listen to backseat drivers and another one that I heard the other day was if you had a friend that spoke to you that way what would you say to that friend but you'd probably be quite concerned about them so that's quite an interesting way of looking at it as well
0: yeah I, th- I think a lot of the those in the bitch voices that come in they are i think they will stem from from memories or some you know some kind of memory from your past that's you keep reliving isn't it like a tv show in your head
1: it can be but it's as simple as that's a part of our human process like some people do just have um loud internal dialogue and it's learning how to work with that like some of us are more visual some of us are more kinesthetic some of us listen better but the key point is is that you know we can learn, you know, we are learning machines, we can learn anything. I mean, we've learned everything to get to where we're at today. So then this is just another thing. And also, as a child, nobody teaches you this stuff, they don't teach you in school about your internal dialogue, or, you know, how to manage your emotional well being. So it's only really if you do any personal development work that you start even noticing this stuff or thinking about it. So yeah.
0: Yeah, again, it comes down to that making your awareness a priority and then listening to what's what you're saying to yourself and then addressing the negative and replacing it with with better stuff isn't it
1: yeah and ignoring it turning the sound down any of it doesn't really matter as long as you're not as long as you're not listening to it and paying attention because it's pointless
0: (laughs) yeah exactly awesome that's really helpful thank you Stephanie especially like the Donald Duck trick
1: Yeah, it's a winner, that one. I've not met anybody that that doesn't work for, actually. Or or, it doesn't have to be Donald Duck if you don't find Donald Duck funny. It's any character that you find funny and immediately recognisable.
0: Awesome. Stephanie, we've covered a lot today, and I I massively appreciate your time. And I I think the girls have definitely learned a lot. So I want to thank you so much for, for your time. If anyone wants to know a little bit more about Stephanie and the sort of services and help that she can provide you, in the post above this video, I've already put the link to our website. So if you like what you've heard today and you want to get a little bit more um help from stephanie you can hit the link and and s- see where it takes you yeah
1: and just ask me questions if you've got questions i'm more than happy to ask answer any questions yeah
0: awesome stephanie thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure
1: thank you very much nice to see you
0: okay everybody that's a wrap for today if you've enjoyed the episode please subscribe so you don't miss any future shows and i'd love to get your feedback so feel free to leave me a review regardless of whether you loved it or hated it if you want to join the podcast community on facebook or find out more about today's episode please check out the show notes for all the additional information see you next week